Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Christine Elliott, who is the owner and operator of Live Free Wellness, Mindset Mastery School, and host of the Live Free Podcast. Her passion is helping women who have been touched by disease, women whose world got turned upside down, her dream to start her own business, and curate a life of passion after her journey with stage three breast cancer and stage two lung cancer. There is really so much to talk about today. So let's get right into this and welcome Christine. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I always like to start with this question. Before we delve into your professional background and your personal background. Can you describe your journey thus far in one word? And that's always a terrifying question. I think that the word I would use would be terrifying because all that struck me was, will I die? And that was the question that I kept asking. So terrifying would be the word. Terrifying up to this point. It was terrifying. Okay. All right. Well, since we began with that, let's start with that. Let's delve into your journey of breast and lung cancer and tell us about this part of your story. So um, I was diagnosed officially in August of 2020. And in July, we found a lump, my husband and I, it was just the way that I was laying in bed. I could see a divot in my breast and I just knew the moment that I that I felt the lump that this was not a cyst that it was it was too hard it was too pronounced it was pulling down the tissue but at the age of 31 I couldn't conceptualize it it made no sense to me so I just sat in bed all night and all I thought about was what my husband's life was going to be like without me what my family's life was going to be like without me and I just cried. You know, I, I got no sleep that night at all. And so we went to the doctor, we talked. And during that time, she kept saying, you know, this is probably nothing. So then I felt a lot better. And so fast forward to August, after doing a very invasive biopsy, which is very painful, I got a call from my oncologist telling me that, yes, in fact, this was breast cancer. And that word terrifying pops up again. I recall thinking about my life, all of the things that I thought that I wanted, all of the things that I didn't do. I remember picturing what, like the children that I wasn't going to be able to have or give to my partner, all of these things. And then after I got the call from my oncologist, I was told that that in today's day and age, that there is a very good chance I'm going to be okay. 
And so those words will forever be the, the moment that my life changed. I just, I just sat there and I, I feel like I could feel the, the energy in the room. It's as if the chair was more grounded than it's ever been to the earth. It was if I could hear him breathe. Mm. I've never been so in presence in my life. And I just thought to myself, if I get through this, I will never squander a single moment ever again. And so, yeah, so the process began and it was, of course, awful. Like it is for every woman in my experience. We started off with the really rough chemo. They're kind of like the catch-all chemos. They kill everything. So we started off with two months of that. I was very sick the entire time. Then we moved on to a more targeted therapy for three months. And that one is that one was more arduous than anything. It was you were consistently ill, whereas before you would be wildly ill for a week and then you get a break. So by the end of the five months, I was pretty done. Yeah, <laughs> I, truly. The best way I can describe it was that I felt as if no one would ever be able to understand just how lonely this emotion is. Um, and I'm a very visual person. So I described it like being on a dinghy in the middle of a stormy ocean with nothing in sight. You know, you just felt you just felt completely alone because all of these people around you with their health. And admittedly, I kept asking myself, why me and not them? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you had lots of questions going through your mind like that. I did. You know, just because you weren't, I wouldn't say stuck in a place of, oh my gosh, you know, you were in fear. Yes, you may have been in that place of, okay, am I going to get out of this? And yes, why me, not them? Mm-hmm. But before I get to my next question about that, let me take you back a few steps. So you had breast cancer, we're diagnosed with breast cancer. But you were also diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So tell us about how that connected. Okay. So throughout the chemotherapy, we were doing multiple tests, of course. And during those tests, we kept seeing this little nodule on my lung. And it was directly behind the left breast, which is where I had my cancer. So... The question that we kept asking ourselves is, is this stage four? So going back to that dinghy (laughs) analogy, it was telling me that there's a very good chance that my oncologist is incorrect and that I'm not going to be okay. So that was where that really fed into that loneliness emotion Mm -hmm. was this potential of stage four. Real quick, because I want you to tell the listeners the difference between going up from stage three, which I think was the diagnosis, right? Up to stage four. What makes that a stage four? Okay, very good. Yes, so stage four is, it is not a death sentence, but it is absolutely a lesser chance of survival. 
And what it means is it means that it has left this, the central area, it has left the breast, and it has gone to other parts of the body. And now common places that goes is, is lung, bones, liver, brain. The most common for it to spread to first is the lung. So there was a lot of reasons to believe that this was in fact stage four. And that would move me from my initial diagnosis of a 55% chance of living to, I believe, 20. It was a very big jump down. Wow. Wow. And so that meant it metastasized somewhere else. That's right. In the liver or in the lung. Now, did it begin in the breast or in the lung? And those were questions we had, you know, is it, is it a spread from lung cancer to breast or is it the other way around? Historically, it's generally breast to lung. Lung Mm -hmm. usually moves to brain or liver. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, you know, that was still a possibility as well. And so there was all these questions, you know, and of course, terrifying was again, that common theme there. Yeah. Absolutely. So as you went through this evolution of cancer and you were diagnosed in what, 2020? That's right. 2020. And you were on that dinghy and that very ferocious ocean and you were having your ups and downs with chemo, the general chemo, then the more targeted chemo. Then what happened? So after that, we had um, what's called an extraordinary result with my tumor. It had shrunk from seven centimeters to 1.2 centimeters in that time. So it was receptive to the treatment. Very. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so we decided on a lumpectomy as opposed to a mastectomy because it had shrunk so much, which I was really grateful for because I still hope to have babies someday. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided on that. We did the, the surgery. We also biopsied the lung at that point because I was far enough from chemotherapy. We weren't worried about um, infection. Right. Yes. And so we did a PET scan. We did a biopsy. We did all kinds of things with this lung while we were in the midst of breast surgeries And everything kept coming up inconclusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the question was, are you willing to leave this nodule alone and see, or are you going to opt for a surgery that may or may not be necessary? And so I decided to opt. Mm -hmm. And so I, a month after having my breast surgery, I had my lung surgery, which was by far a more painful surgery. Mm -hmm. And that surgery came up with the answer that it was in fact cancer. Mm -hmm. However, it was primary lung cancer, not secondary breast cancer. So it was not stage four. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it started in your lung. It cancer started in your lung and then moved to your breasts. Actually close. Okay. It, it okay. started in my lung. 
Okay. And it started in my breast at the same okay. time, separate cancers. Wow. So you had two cancers going on That's independently. Right. Okay. Because yeah. a lot of times they'll diagnose a stage four when it moves and metastasizes from one place to another. So you had two independent cancers happening. That's right. Wow. So if you didn't find the breast cancer, you may not have found the lung cancer because there's, there were no symptoms. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so this is where my story begins to change summer. I realized in that moment that lung cancer is not caught until stage three or usually four because it doesn't cause issues for the patient until that point. So whether you, you know, believe in God, universe, source, you you know, your definition is, is fine for you. But I believe that someone or something planted that breast cancer so that I would find the lung cancer before it was inoperable. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Woo. Okay. So you've got these two separate cancers going on. You've got treatment and were you ready to talk to people about it? Yes. Yes. You know, Summer, I, I am a heart on my sleeve kind of person. I love to let people in. It's always been that way. And so from the moment my journey began, I started talking to people online and telling them just what was going on with me for two reasons. One, it was a lot easier than calling each individual person. (laughs) And, And number two, it was very cathartic to be able to just explain. I had no plan of becoming a life coach. I was just too busy with everything that was going on at the time. I was just speaking from the heart. Yeah. Well, I I want to take you back to something you said just now. I have a friend who was just recently diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And when she first told people and opened up, she was getting bombarded by phone calls. And she said, I know people love me, but she goes, I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted by all the phone calls, all the concern. She's like, I was so tired. And a lot of times I hear from folks when they're going through some kind of crisis or loss, we have a lot of people in the front end, like, whoo, kind of wanting to talk to you. And then they trickle off and, and you're like, you still need to be there throughout the process into the end. (laughs) So I want to tell people stay there, give a break, let her sleep, let her body heal, but be there, be there. So is that what you felt too? Like, just kind of like, wow, like that first or two, first or second week. I did. Yes. Some of the best advice that I've given people who have family and friends going forward was some of the best things I received, which was messages that would say things like, I'm thinking of you, please don't text me back. I just want you to know, you know, send me an emoji. That's good. So things like that were really valuable as well as I would just get gifts in the mail from friends and family. That 
that spoke so much louder than any other word, a pair of fuzzy socks for chemo or a card or, you know, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I actually was talking to another friend who was diagnosed at the, around the same time you were with uh, triple negative breast cancer. And she was giving me some tips to give to my friend about the fluids and asking for more fluids during the chemo because uh, not just de- dehydration, but because of constipation and all these things that go along with chemo, like the different types of drugs that are a combination. And so she said that was one tip. The other tip was, which I loved, were those chemo shirts where they're port shirts. So yes, did you ever have one? I did have a port. Yes. Yeah. And so they were port shirts. So they were shirts made with zippers specifically for where your port is. So I actually got one and took it over to her with a candle and a facial and all this stuff, just because during this time, take care of yourself. We have to remember you're going through something difficult. And I know that you're taking care of the cancer, but you've got to take care of your mind and body as well as go through this difficult process. So I wanted to take her something where it would lift her spirits. And here's the other thing I was also checking out too, as I was reading the comments, some of the comments, you know, of course, people are going to say, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But almost when you say, I'm sorry, like that, it almost feels like there's an end date. Mm. And it's, and to me, it's like, I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you healing vibes. I hope your healing is with, right? Those kinds of things. It's like, okay, there's no ending. We are going on and we are going to nail this thing. So. (laughs) Absolutely, Summer. And on that vein, and some of the best messages that I got were, were when people would say things like, if anyone can beat it, it's you. Yeah. That hope. Oh, yes. That empowered me. Yeah. That's such a good tip. I love that. And I love that reframe because Mm -hmm. it is hopeful. It's supportive. It's like, you're going to do this and you've got it. Like you've got it in your soul because I think three quarters of that battle is what's in your minds, what's in your heart, what's in your soul. A hundred percent. So as you went on with your journey and that progressed, And going through your healing, when was it that you knew you wanted to help others that probably were scared and taken off their feet, quite frankly, by such an impacting diagnosis? Mm. I would say it started to really shift for me after surgery. Once I realized that I was given this second lease on life and it was not stage four and I was going to be okay. So it would have been somewhere in around May when I was told I was in remission that I decided that it was time for me to fully embody the person that I've always been, which is that open book, that helper, that person who wants to give wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And so something I had been that had been in the back of my mind for really a decade was life coaching. And so I decided that, you know, like shit life short. <laughs> you know? And like, I hope that's appropriate. I'm swearing. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah, I don't objectify language. So like, I yeah. actually wrote a book called If Yeah, Get Real with Strong Language. So, it, it, <laughs> so perfect. And it's about your values. Anyway, going on with your story. So you're right, life is short. And stuff happens, right? So because of that, you then have this thought about, okay, I'm going into coaching. I want to help others with their trials, their difficulties, their fear. So you did that and you started your coaching practice and your mind mastery school. Is that right? Mind mastery school. That's like a tongue twister. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yes, that's what I did. <laughs> um, and you know what? It's not linear, right? Healing is right. never linear. It as I came out, I started with crisis coaching, and then I moved to kind of the everyday of uh, you know women in our thirties who stressed out, and then I went back to okay. to really my calling, which is helping women with their diagnosis, with their fear of reoccurrence, with, you know, the my zone of genius, truly, because of my background. Yeah. And I love that, that you have that specialty, because whether it is, let's say, something like cancer, or something like a very difficult surgery, or a diagnosis of lupus, perhaps, or something of that nature, you can help so many. Right. Yeah. And so tell us a bit more about Mind Mastery School and your business, Live Free Wellness. Sure. So Live Free Wellness is all based around the integration of all things. So the good, the bad, the ugly, and allowing all of it to be okay to cultivate the compassion within yourself to be able to say, I'm not okay today. And that's all right. And to find the next day and say, am I okay yet? Nope, still not. And then you move on to the next day. And so it's about creating a community of women who are allowing of what is, which is, you know, the, that disease sucks. And that fear sucks. And all of these fear of reoccurrence, it also sucks. But it's all okay. And it's about cultivating that compassion so that we can shift our mindset as opposed to shaming our mindset into remission, you know, so that we can move forward in our lives with giving ourselves that grace. And and when you do that, you embody life. You really live it fully. Yeah. I love that. And how you talk about really embodying that. And I think that's the key word embodying that. And that's something that I've really tried to live all my life. I was diagnosed with a hole in my small intestine at six months of age and went into a coma, almost died with septic, all these things. So throughout my life up until 34, I had surgeries, multiple surgeries because of that, as a result of that, that hole. And I think there was something innate in me that said, get back up, get back up, but just don't get back up and survive, but thrive. Yes. Thrive. And what that means to each of us may look different, but what I love about live free wellness and 
how you've described it is it allows for everybody to have their own process, but it also might give ideas to folks that don't know their first step or their second step or their third step to embody what that process is and that authenticity and to be okay with whatever that is. But I also like, at least for me, is to give myself permission to be in that zone of, okay, this is really hard. This is really difficult. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. I'm sad. But to also be aware that I don't want to stay there. I want to continue to move to a place where I'm going to survive. Yes. And thrive. And thrive. Exactly. Thrive. Exactly. That's what So I love what you're doing, what you have created, how you've masterfully, (laughs) mind mastery school, um, put this together and what that evolution looked like for you and how you bring forward your wisdom, your expertise and your passion. So if you were to tell the women listening to this today, who may have been just diagnosed with something that made their world spin, what would you tell them today? It's okay not to be okay right now. Allow that to be all right. And as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? There is blessing in every struggle. And life is for you not to you, even though sometimes it feels that way, there is something on the other side of this pain. There is a gift. You just don't know what it is yet. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. That is definitely something for me to take away today. I love it. So thank you, Christine, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. It is my pleasure, Summer. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You can follow Christine Elliott on Instagram at Live Free Wellness, on Facebook at Live Free Wellness Coaching, at her website, www.livefreewellness.ca, and listen to her podcast, Live Free, on Spotify and Apple. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.